Are you curious about that one supplement that I take every single day? In fact, multiple times a day? Head on over to Organifi.com forward slash Varga, use promo code Varga to save 20% off of your next order. Why I love Organifi is they are glyphosate-free, non-GMO, superfoods, and adaptogenic fruit juice blends. Superfoods are really important for your everyday metabolic processes, and adaptogens are really key to help you overcome stress in stressful situations. Stress is a sign of being alive, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just make sure we have adaptogens on board so we can cruise through that stress, overcome those obstacles with greater grace and ease. Enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast, and you're going to love Organifi. Hello and welcome to today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, a humble human on a mission here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin, and nails of your life using my background since 2011 as a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist and having performed over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures. I bring the best of many worlds, including the worlds of home care, in clinic, and also the research behind what truly can help slow aging. Looking at some of my research on oxidative stress status and its impacts on the skin. In the School of Radiance podcast, we explore many things beyond just the superficial to help you glow from the inside out and become your most radiant version. Enjoy today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. I'm your host, Rachel. In today's show, we are going to be discussing gut health optimization for brighter and more clear skin. Who doesn't want clear, bright, beautiful skin, a gut that works well, a brain that works well, and to, of course, slow our cellular aging and be our brightest, best versions. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. We have Dr. Heather Finley joining us today. She's a registered dietitian. She helps people struggling with bloating, constipation, and IBS find relief from their symptoms and feel excited about food again. Heather struggled with her own digestive issues for nearly 20 years and understands firsthand the impact that nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset have on digestive health. Gut health shouldn't be restrictive, stressful, and all-consuming. She developed a simple way that individuals can reduce digestive symptoms and add foods back into their diet. Dr. Heather has a doctorate in clinical nutrition from Maryland University of Integrative Health. Her work has been featured on Good Morning Texas and in Mind Body Green, Yahoo Life, and Very Well Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Heather Finley. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. The number one question I love to ask everybody, this is like the infinite dollar value question before we get cracking here, is what is radiance to you? And in particular, if you were to think of your most radiant clients and people you engage with, what are they like? What are some of the common attributes that they share? I think radiance to me and what I've seen in the clients that we've worked with is being able to do what you want to be able to do. Um, so many of the clients we work with are 
debilitated by digestive issues or other health-related issues or specific to skin. Maybe they have skin issues that make them feel embarrassed or they don't go out and do the things that they want to do. And so radiance is not only in what you get to do as a result, but also in how you feel while doing it. And I believe that when you address your underlying gut issues, you can feel radiant again. Um, and it just increases even the energy that you vibrate at um, as well. And so it's it starts from the in, inside and it then radiates on the outside as well. Very well said. And we've also, you know, heard the saying that the gut is our second brain. So mm -hmm. if the gut's off, the brain's going to be off, right? The gut's off, everything is off. But yes, specifically the brain can be very off when the gut is off. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some top root causes of gut issues. And I'll just share with you just so you know kind of what page I'm on in regards to research mm -hmm. is that actually parasites are impacting 80% of the North American population. And I just referenced this in my most recent academic paper talking about biohacking the skin and reducing our oxidative stress status. I'm really curious if we're to talk about top root causes of gut issues. Are you seeing that? Uh, am I seeing parasites specifically as a root cause? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see it more often than you would think. I think a lot of people think, oh, I live in North America. I don't have parasites but that's not the case. Um, but I like to even go a step further than that. Why do you have the parasites? Do you have the parasites because you have low stomach acid and your body wasn't able to fight it off? Do you have parasites? Maybe it, it happens, right? You go on a trip, you get exposed to something, whatever. You can also get them from just being in your own home. But I always want to look at what's actually the root cause of the root cause. And for a lot of our clients, it starts with kind of the top of the chain when it comes to digestion, um, starting with our stomach acid, our bile flow, et cetera, that all really impacts whether we can pass it or not. Perfect. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And because it is all about setting up an inhospitable environment for other things that might want to hijack our nutrients, which is exactly what things like yeast, fungi, mold, heavy metals, parasites do. What are some of the other top root causes for gut issues in your practice? Probably the, the biggest root cause that we see, and nobody stop listening after you hear me say this, is stress. And what I mean by stress is not necessarily just like, I'm stressed about my job or I'm stressed about this relationship, but all the things that are causing stress on our bodies. So mineral deficiencies, um, dehydration, lack of sleep, yes, toxic relationships, stress about your job as well, under eating or imbalanced blood sugar, that can also be a stress. We see stress as the number one thing that inhibits people from having a healthy gut. And most of the time, people don't even realize how many stressors they have on their body because we just, you know, it's like, well, this is normal. This is how it's always been. But over time, that can certainly have a cascade. So, Stress, poor digestion, like I mentioned. So whether that's stomach acid issues, bile flow, pancreatic enzyme issues. Um, and then sometimes it can have to do with what's actually going on in the large intestine, but we can't even get there till we've addressed all the other steps of digestion that happen before someone, you know, even looks at what's going on in their actual gut. 
I am beyond thrilled to hear you taking this type of perspective because so many people, they just say, you know, fix my skin, fix my gut. Here's a pill. Here's a skincare product. But really, you have to set the stage for reducing, for example, oxidative stress status triggers. So, again, getting that root cause and then helping to heal. So what are some easy things that people can start to do? I know people can work with you as well in, in your practice to set the stage for reducing some of these top root causes? The first thing that you can do sounds way easier than it actually is, is chew your food. Um, One of the best ways that you can ensure that your body is going to um, digest your food better is to chew it. Um, And that actually even starts before food enters your mouth, um, kind of setting the stage for proper digestion. So smell your food. Everyone's probably had an experience where they've walked past a bakery or something. You smell something and you're like, well, I wasn't hungry until I smelled that. That is your body's natural physiological response to, hey, food is coming. Let's get ready. So you start salivating and that salivation actually triggers your stomach acid release, which then triggers pancreatic enzyme output and bile flow. And so simply just sitting down to eat a meal, smelling your food, chewing it really well, and setting the stage for proper digestion is definitely one of the first things that you can do. Um, one of the second things that you can do is hydrate. Um, and I don't mean just like drink a bunch of water, hydrate and add minerals to your water. That's a huge thing when it comes to skin health specifically. And we see this on testing that we do with a lot of our clients is their minerals are super off and you know, you need minerals um, for so many things. You also need enough stomach acid to absorb minerals, which is a whole nother topic, but uh, chewing your food and hydrating, probably the top two easiest things that you can do to start when it comes to optimizing your gut health. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned that and I grabbed my hydrogen water flask, turn that on, because not only can we remineralize our water, we can also hydrogenize it. And then we can also structure it. There's so many beautiful things that we can do to our water as opposed to just drinking purified water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What would you say would be, quote unquote, a more integrative approach to gut health? So an integrative approach looks at beyond let's get rid of the symptom. So a standard thing in our society is you have something wrong, you go to the doctor, they give you a medication to get rid of the symptom. That's great in theory, right? Like the symptom is gone. However, it doesn't address the reason why you had the symptom in the first place. So if we're talking about true integrative approach and root cause approach, what we're actually looking at is let's peel back the layers of the onion and let's look at what's the, at the core. What from birth till now triggered your symptoms? What led to this cascade of symptoms that you're having? How can we address the root cause and how do we address it holistically or integratively? So what nutrition shifts can we make? What lifestyle adaptations can we make? What supplements can we use to support the body? I like to explain it like a stool. A stool stands on multiple legs. You try to just throw you know, nutrition at someone for whatever the issue is, it's probably not going to fix the issue. You try to just throw a mindset, probably not just going to fix the issue. You try to just throw supplements, not going to fix the issue. But when you address it holistically by addressing all of those things, the stool stands on all the legs and it doesn't tip over. Um, And it also just gives the the client a lot more power 
to know like, okay, I can travel. And these are the things within my control. These are the things that aren't within my control um, so that they can navigate these issues long-term versus being so tied to like, here's the smallest of foods I can eat, or here's the 90 supplements that I have to take or, or whatever it is. You have, you have a lot of tools in your toolbox. I love your stool analogy, by the way. <laughs> stool, gut, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a nurse. Something go. really phases me. No. Um, and yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right. To have a healthy gut, we have to also pay attention to our stool. Yes. <laughs> and what the stool is telling us. So say, for example, your stool isn't well-formed, it's more runny, or you're seeing things like hairs in your stool or things floating in the toilet. These can all be indications of overgrowths or dysbiosis and things like that. What would you say is the number one thing that your clients are telling you that they're noticing with their stool that gives you indication of what to do next? So I literally have a program module that it's called, what does your poop tell you about your symptoms? <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but it's true. Our poop gives us so much insight as to what's going on, including, you know, if you're not going to the bathroom every day, that tells us something versus what if your stool's green? That tells us other things. So some of the top things that we'll see that potentially indicate something's wrong is undigested food in the stool. If someone has undigested food, of course we want to start with, are you chewing your food? Like, how's the meal hygiene portion of things? But also then you can go down the chain. How's your stomach acid? How's your pancreatic output, et cetera? Um, another thing that we often see is really sticky, greasy stools or like peanut butter type texture stool. Um, if you're having to wipe a lot, that shows us, is there something going on with your gallbladder? Are you actually digesting fats? Or maybe you don't have a gallbladder and there's an issue with bile flow as a result. Um, if you have really rock hard pebbly stool, uh, you're probably severely constipated. And we want to look at a lot of things, your minerals, your, your hydration, your fiber intake, your stress, your gut motility. There's so many pieces there, but what your stool is, is showing you can actually show us a lot about where we want to start with your symptoms. And also with hormones. Yes. Right? If we're not pooping enough, that can be a sign of estrogen imbalance, correct? A hundred percent. So we detox estrogen through our stool. And there's actually a marker for this on a stool test that we use called beta-glucuronidase. And oftentimes when that marker is elevated, it can show us a lot about the liver and estrogen detoxification. But even if you don't have a stool test, if you have signs of, you know, hormonal acne, especially on like the sides of your face or your chin um, or other estrogen dominant symptoms, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, do you poop every day? Because if you don't, that's the best way that we're going to detox estrogen is through your stool. Yeah. And detoxing is such a key component for happy, healthy skin, right? With sauna use, with ionic foot baths, making mm -hmm. sure your elimination is adequate with your urine, with your stool, noticing what that all looks like. Mm -hmm. And I mean, full transparency, when I experience more emotional stress, my stool changes. And uh -huh. yeah. And if you're wiping and you're seeing stool on the tissue, that's a sign something's off, believe it or not. Maybe this might be the first time you hear this. This mm -hmm. might be, you know, kind of gross for some of you listeners. However, if you want to be a high vibrating human, you got to notice what's going on with your illumination. If you want great, beautiful, clear skin, you got to know what's going on down there, 100%. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. The stress piece is so massive. Having come from a moldy home and, you know, kind of like toxins in my lifestyle and uh, previous uh, encounters with certain people, as soon as I shifted that, everything else started to function much better. I'm really curious about the integrative approach you might have and thoughts on fasting and in particular long fasting, because when I did this last year, it made a huge difference with my waistline, extra weight that I was holding. So what's your take on intermittent fasting versus or in combination with a longer fast? So you might be surprised, but I'm actually not a huge fan of fasting, but I'll explain why. Um, I don't recommend fasting for most of the clients we work with because most of the women that we work with are of childbearing age and they're all the research on fasting or most, not all, most of the research is on men and female hormones are just pretty much all research is on men. Just yes. Um, I didn't want to say all because I'm like, I know there's like a couple of studies, but most research is on men. Here's the deal. Your husband, boyfriend, whoever, their hormones are the same every single day at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Our hormones are completely different. They're on like a 28, 30-ish day cycle. So your hormones today at 8 a.m. are going to be so different than they are at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Um, so we just don't know about the long-term effects. That being said, fasting overnight is very helpful for digestive health. So do I think you should just eat all day long and like not have any breaks in between your meals? Absolutely not. One of the best things that you can do is space your meals out three to four hours and make sure you're getting that rest and digest in between meals. It helps your digestion. And then like a 10, 12 hour fast overnight is recommended for digestive health as well. Beyond like the 12 hour mark for a lot of people, especially if they have adrenal issues or other hormone issues, it might actually add more stress to their system. And so it's just not something I just think we can do a lot more by uh, with other things than like telling someone to fast longer, just because blood sugar can be such a huge trigger for digestive symptoms. And if we're dealing with like hypoglycemia or whatever, there's just other things that are more important when it comes to fasting. So I don't know if that answers the question or not, but I saw a thumbs up. So I, I'm guessing that's good. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Being a biohacker, you know, in this space, uh, being a nurse as well and focusing on the skin. Uh, I was in two pretty rough car crashes and my skin freaked out. I had breakouts on my neck, on my face. It was uh, basically the skin tells us when the body's under stress. And so that's what my body tells me or other types of emotional stress. I'll get maybe some breakouts on my upper back. However, when I did a longer fast, but I was still having, you know, maybe under 400 calories a day. So it wasn't a pure fast. And I was hiking altitude 8,000 feet up in Sedona, Southern Utah. You don't want to need a rescue, but, you know, still going through this process of being grounded in nature. It completely changed my physiology. Mm -hmm. uh, however, when we're talking about fasting and long fast, I feel like your body will tell you when the time might be right to get that autophagy going, to get those senescent cells, you know, trimmed out. My skin, hair, nails changed, you know, within that five to seven day period pretty significantly. But I do agree with you. The intermittent fasting in reproductive years, I think can be a little bit too stressful on the body. 
And when I was doing that, I definitely noticed more jitteriness, feeling a little bit more stressful and even some jitteriness with my movement. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun as a researcher to try things out so that you can speak to these types of things a little bit more openly. You know, this was my experience. The experience might be different for other people at different stages of the game. So you're in the camp of, you know, not doing intermittent fasting during reproductive years. Yes, I agree with you. Same with too much cold plunging, too put the body in too much stress. Totally agree with you. But when it comes to perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal, do you think that that's better at that time? I think it can be, but I also think it's just pretty individual. So, you know, that's why I'm a huge fan of like adrenal panels and mineral status. So one of the tests that we do is an HTMA. It's a hair tissue mineral analysis. If someone's in like a severe loss pattern, um, you know, there's different metabolic types on this test. Slow one is like kind of the complete burnout and then fast on the other side can be like complete, just active stress response. And if someone's in either of those, like, I don't know that it's the time to add more stress. And so there's, there's other things that take priority like mineral repletion and looking at, okay, is there something going on in the gut that's causing this like complete shutdown or complete um, stress response? So I don't know. I hate to say it depends, but I really, there's just so much nuance when it comes to nutrition that I really do think it depends. I love this approach and I actually take the same approach with skin, right? That's why I work with so many different skincare lines, like 17 plus skincare brands and Mm -hmm. make recommendations based on the superstars from specific brands to meet the specific needs of each client. Now you were talking before recording about skin rejuvenation options and, you know, some of the things that are trendy versus some of the things that are really tried and true. Exactly. It's not going to be a customized approach. Like, you know, here's, a basic skincare routine kit for someone with combination skin or acne prone skin. It really does need to be customized. Mm-hmm. So I really like that you take this approach. You're doing HTMA testing, all that stuff. I'm really curious if they were you were to look at me, what would you say about just visually uh, what might be going on with my gut or adrenal stress levels? Let's use myself as a, a case oh study about how we could take a, an integrative approach. Nothing really honestly stands out. Like one of the first things that I look at when it comes to not necessarily gut health, but hormones is eyebrows. So when people's outer third of their eyebrows is thinning, I'm always thinking, okay, is there something going on thyroid wise? Your eyebrows honestly look really great. I also will look at like vibrancy of skin could be your skincare, but probably not. It's probably all the other things you're doing, but your skin looks very vibrant. If we're seeing like really just dull skin or honestly, like, um, the whites of the eyes, like a little bit more of like a yellow hinge, we're looking at like detox issues. So you mentioned mold, uh, mold is actually something that I actually just recently dealt with in the last like year we had mold in our home and I was getting really sick. If you look at pictures of me from even like a year ago, the whites of my eyes look completely different than they do now, um, now that we're out of the mold and I've addressed my minerals and everything else. So um, the other thing that I tend to look at is like, does your face look really swollen? Um, That can also be indicative of just lots of stress or cortisol issues your face to me does not look swollen. So uh, you're a great case study on the like, here's what it can look like when things are going well. Um, 
Is there anything that I missed that you would add to that or anything that like I, I should pick up? Well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I really do practice what I preach here on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's just great that you kind of gave me that validation. What I talk about in my most recent paper to encourage fellow aesthetic practitioners to pay attention to is actually redness and puffiness to the eyelash line. So mm. say, for example, there's swelling or redness or puffiness or darkness around the eyes. That can actually be a sign of oxidative stress status. And actually your toxic bucket being too full, the eyes tell so much about us. Mm -hmm. Or also if there's any cracking or irritation around the corners of the mouth, that can also be a sign of gut dysbiosis, Mm -hmm. of oxidative stress status, you know, being overwhelmed. The Mm -hmm. skin tells us so much. And also the nails. When I got my gut right, my nails grow like weeds now. I I can't believe it. They look like they're fake nails and they Mm -hmm. just, they grow so fast. And I noticed this after I got my gut right. So we see we see a lot of times when people have like dark bags under their eyes, it can also be food sensitivities, which kind of same thing in that same bucket of like toxic stress. And then with nails, obviously I can't see because your nails are painted, but like the white lines tends to be like zinc deficiency. And for me, from like a digestive health standpoint, I'm looking at stomach acid. You need stomach acid to absorb minerals like zinc. Um, And I'm also looking at what is this person eating? If they're vegan or vegetarian, their zinc status tends to be pretty low. And then it's a really vicious cycle. You need zinc to make stomach acid. You also need stomach acid to absorb it. So it kind of just, like I said, very vicious cycle. Um, So those are definitely things. I didn't know about the puffy eyelids though. So that's definitely something that I learned from you today. Yeah, I have a background in ophthalmology and oculoplastics uh, since 2011. So I've astutely studied the eyes and what the eyes tell us and have done very technical eyelid rejuvenation using photobiomodulation to help with things like dry eye. So I'd be right up in there and just notice trends in clients that were unhealthy um, and wouldn't get powerful responses to rejuvenation. It would take more to improve their skin versus those clients that didn't have those overt signs of stress on their eyes, they would actually get more powerful outcomes with fewer interventions and respond much faster and have much faster recovery and not having puffiness to the eyes with laser rejuvenation for, you know, five to seven days situation. They'd be up and running much faster. I'd love to jump back to the nails because I have noticed beautiful changes in my nails to the effect where I don't have those ridges Mm-hmm. And those uh, basically like vertical lines on the nails, um, they're not peeling or cracking. The cuticles are nice and healthy. And then I've also noticed changes with the white sort of like half moon. Can mm-hmm. you share with us what maybe some, because uh, I know that the, this is something that the gut displays on the nail. What mm-hmm. do we want to see in regards to that sort of like white half moon that presents where the nail and the cuticle meet? So what we want to see is, I mean, we want to see it, but if it's like, if you have those really, really pronounced ridges, like you mentioned, that shows us a lot about mineral status. Um, it shows us a lot about stomach acid production. Um, it can also show us a bit more about kind of like malabsorption issues in the gut. So, um, you know, healthy cuticles, having that little moon, um, is totally fine, but you're more looking at like deformities in the nails or like the big ridges or the, the, um, 
vertical or sorry, horizontal white lines would be more of a concern. So if you have horizontal white lines going back to kind of the zinc deficiency conversation, that can be one thing uh, that can be pretty apparent. And most people have no idea that that actually is related to their gut health. Oh yeah. And just thinking back, I would see those things in my nails and now I don't. And, mm-hmm. you know, really paying attention to what your hair, skin and nails are telling you I think first of all is going to be a late warning sign of what's going on on the inside, primarily with the gut. Mm-hmm. And in regards to aging, because I'm really interested in how we can slow cellular aging, would you say the gut, the skin and the gut are like the top two organs to pay attention to for slowing aging? What's your perspective on um, gut health and accelerated aging or slowing aging? Yeah. I love this question. And I think that if you can optimize your gut, you can really slow aging. One of the things that happens as you age is your stomach acid production decreases. And I know I've mentioned stomach acid a lot on this podcast, but stomach acid is at the top of the chain when it comes to digestion. So if you're, if you get like that post meal bloating, if you have chronic UTIs, candida, et cetera, Um, and you're not getting any better with whether you're taking antifungals or antimicrobials or whatever it is, you need to look upstream. And for a lot of people, that's the whole digestive process. And one way that we can slow aging and just prevent other issues down the road is optimizing our stomach acid. So many people go to the doctor with acid reflux or other stomach acid issues, and they're told, oh, you have too much. You don't have too much, most likely. Um, You probably have too little. And when we suppress stomach acid, we cause issues for the, the, the entire GI tract. And so we really have to start there and we can protect our stomach acid. We can protect our gut. Um, and the other way that we can slow aging as it relates to our gut is keeping a diverse amount of bacteria in our microbiome. Uh, we know that we want to have the biggest variety of microbes possible. We can do that by grounding. We can do that by stress management. We can obviously do that by what we eat. The more variety of plant foods, the better. We can do that through omega-3 fatty acids. There's a lot of stuff that helps increase diversity in the gut. And now there's studies showing that increased diversity is really the number one way that you can prevent just kind of the cascade of symptoms. So those are, those are the two things that I would pay attention to. Obviously there's many others, but those are, those are the two that stick out as kind of the most important when it comes to aging is protecting your stomach acid. So you can absorb minerals. You think about even like bone health as people age, I'm like, it's a stomach acid issue, right? Like it starts there. Like you need stomach acid to absorb calcium. Um, And then obviously the diversity of microbes in the gut as well. Beautiful. I know when I take my precision pre-probiotics, I notice a bit of an adjustment period in, you know, my stool. Yeah. And I just have better energy. I'm sleeping better. um, Things become more regular. These these truly are things to pay attention to if you want great skin and to slow cellular aging. People think, ah, it's going to be skincare creams, lasers, injectables. No, you've got to get the gut right. Otherwise, whatever you're going to be doing, honestly, is going to be in vain. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any closing words for us today, Dr. Heather Finley? I would just say if you are 
you know, on a journey to optimize your skin, optimize your gut. I, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you can obviously work with someone to help you just get a good plan in place, but I would start with the basics. You know, all the things that we talked about on the podcast today, not, you're not going to go wrong implementing any of these things, um, reducing stress, chewing your food, hydrating, adding minerals, everybody can benefit from that. And so you don't have to make it overly complicated um, to really have this huge payoff. So start small and then you can build up from there. Love it. Fantastic. All right, everybody, learn more about Dr. Heather Finley at drheatherfinley.co slash quiz. And that link will be in the show notes. She has a free quiz for everyone to take to get some insights into their gut health. And then you also have some other ways that you can serve people. So how can people work with you? How can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram if you just want to chat. It's at Dr. Heather Finley. Or if you're looking for more specific guidance on your gut health journey, I do have a program. It's called Gut Together. Um, it's my signature trademarked program. Um, we do tons of functional testing, support you one-on-one and really getting to the root cause of your digestive issues and helping you create a plan to address those things and then prevent the symptoms from coming back. Um, and then if you're not quite ready for like the one-on-one -on -one work, I do have a membership as well where you get a lot of that information and support um, and you can be a part of our community there. I love, love, love that. Love what you're doing. I love your perspective on things. That's very validating because it, uh, yeah. it, it confirms things that I think about as well and just observations I've seen in people's hair, skin, and nails. Medical disclaimer, this is not medical advice. This is educational information only. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining Dr. Heather Finley and I. And share with everyone your podcast as well. Yeah, so my podcast is called the Love Your Gut Podcast, and I'd love for you to listen along. Perfect. Have a beautiful, high-vibe, radiant day, everybody.